the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one this morning amanda galbraith is here principal at navigator and the host of free for all fridays right here on news talk 1010 toronto city councillor shelly carroll is here and pavan brach is an entrepreneur in marketing tech and real estate development also it always has to be mentioned a part-time farmer good morning to <laughs> everybody and pavan i'll start with you on this one because you have a certain sybaritic uh, vibe uh, from time to time yes um toronto inching toward a Allowing drinkers in parks. What is why, why the <laughs> slowness in all of this? Just let people have a drink in a park. Just do it. If you can camp there, if you can leave your needles behind, if you can do all the rest of it, why can't you just drink a beer? I don't understand it. You know, it's like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Just do it. Make it make it illegal and move on to the bigger, bigger issues. Which which, as I mentioned, you know, really is this whole national crisis that's gripping all of our cities and you know across the country with with the homeless and and the fact that the feds and the provinces are checked out so let's deal with those big issues and, and let them have a beer if they want okay and shelly carroll apparently it went ward by ward where we're going to pilot this uh, is your ward going to be boozing in the park uh, well, one of them is what we what we've done with this pilot is is we let uh, park staff uh, pick some criteria what would be ideal parks to do in the pilot. The reason we're doing a pilot is we surveying the community is 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 fairly divided on this over a number of issues around it. Um, the 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 compelling statistic though is the majority said they're not going to stop going to parks if we if we do this rule they're going to continue to go there, and so if it's not going to curb your, your enjoyment in in any sort of circumstance then then we're going to go ahead and try this because a significant number do want it so what they did was go uh to each counselor and say these are wards that we think fit a criteria or parks i should say that fit the criteria and would be be great to put in the pilot it couldn't be adjacent to a school and there are parts of Toronto, all of North York, really, where that was how parks were developed. You, you added an extra strip of land beside a school. And so I have one very small park that I'm going to do the pilot in. Conversely, down in Toronto Danforth, uh, uh, Councillor Fletcher is uh, okaying uh, a range of parks with all different sizes that, that uh, met the criteria. So by the end of this pilot, we're going to have a really good sample. 20 parks. Councillors may add a couple more when we get to council. Uh, I think Councillor Matlow has already posted that he's going to add a couple in Ward 12. But by the end of the pilot, we'll have a really good sample to know whether or not the sky falls as a result of doing this, because we're going to monitor and evaluate it all the way through. All right. Well, and Amanda Galbraith, why you and I were drinking beer on a beach not long ago in Prince Edward County, and it did not lead to perdition. <laughs> <laughs> it did not. We all survived. We lived to fight another day. People drove home. So I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm with, frankly, Stephen Holiday has a great quote in the article that you uh, circulated to us in advance of this, which is, this is a um, solution in search of a problem. Yeah. People are already drinking liberally in parks. I'll tell you, last Thursday, a couple of my mom friends and I had a, bottle, a couple of bottles of rosé. We got lightly dasted. It was very civilized. We all went home. Our children are still alive. I just, <laughs> like, I just think this pilot stuff... 
it just it's the most the Toronto thing ever. I can't even fathom the not the amount of money, staff time, um, pilots, council debates is being wasted on this. We, we we're complaining we have no money and we're spending I can't even like whatever it is on this, which could be yeah. used elsewhere. Like we should just repeal the bylaw banning it, and then public drunkenness laws, which are already enforced can be used like i don't understand why we need to do this at all um i think it'd be one thing if we were introducing like a whole new we hadn't drank before in our lives but there's a very like robust and frankly established drinking culture in this country like toronto just likes to think we do everything for the first time ever and that's not the case this happens all over so i just think we should just live and let live and we don't need a great giant study about it yeah but i mean worth noting shelly maybe you even have a date in mind um you know since i moved to toronto in 2003 there were wards and neighborhoods that were still dry i mean they didn't not only were you not drinking in a park you didn't have any bars yeah, uh, there there are parts in the West End where there were no bars, almost right up to am- amalgamation. I think they finally changed the law in the 90s. And so there is that sort of prohibitionist uh, culture in parts of, of Toronto. Um, there, One councillor tweeted that he's still going to fight this when we get to council. As far as I'm concerned, council has already voted to say, yes, go ahead and pilot it. That's what they did in Vancouver so that they learned some things and, and set new rules criteria for when they went citywide right now it's citywide in in vancouver um and 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 they they use this approach so the fight is over council agreed to do this we don't need to have world war three when we bring this pilot to committee next week we really should just proceed with the pilot and the next time we need to discuss this in council is when the pilot is done uh, would-be mayor of Toronto, Edward Gong, is demanding a recount. Amanda, I'll start with you on this one. As one person waggishly pointed out on social media, he only lost by a quarter million votes. Yeah, I think what Chris Skye did better than, than he did. And I the mean, dog. And the dog. And the, you know what? The good, good for the dog. Um, I mean, if this man isn't, like, somehow an agent for the Communist Party of China, like, I'll be shocked, frankly, based on the amount of funding he got and all the stuff that I just... This is bizarre um it's headline grabbing it's vaguely entertaining apparently though i don't know if this is this friend was telling me that he did get a disproportionate amount of the votes from like schools and young people that were able to vote so uh, i guess because we're 18 so i think the social thing worked but obviously not enough to put him over the top yeah i think there's a Bodie mcboatface aspect to his candidacy pavan brach <laughs> this is just part of a pattern though isn't it where people you know out of nowhere say ah that's it the election was stolen yeah, well, it's it's quite common south of the border. Uh, no, I think <clears throat> I think the whole thing makes a mockery of a democratic process. I don't agree with it. I think uh, we need to put higher limits on people who are running for mayor uh, because we need people to respect the process, respect the office. And if we've got all this kind of silliness going on, I think it completely distracts and causes people to check out even even further from voting. And I think, you know, I I do think Doug Ford made a mistake when he canceled the ability of cities to have ranked ballots also, which was something that was in place uh, at the city's option. But yeah, he canceled that in 2020. I think we need to bring that back, especially in light of what's just happened and how ridiculous it's been. And let's, uh, you know, let's bring some uh, civility and some order and some process that gets us the best candidates that represent the views of all Torontonians or wherever the city election is. All right. And Shelley Carroll, as someone whose job is decided in the exact same format of voting, are you satisfied with our electoral process? 
uh, the the process itself and and the counting of the votes and the polls we have the best team in the world i believe that but i'll tell you something uh hallelujah pub and uh bring back to our ability to choose as a city to have ranked ballots there's plenty of big cities that do it and and we need more reform and gong is my poster boy for that it is far too easy to register to run for mayor and, and quite frankly for council as well you don't have to meet any bar of support in the community you just need to hand them your 200 bucks and you're a mayoral candidate whether you're a human or a dog and all of those people can now file a return and if they took any donations we're going to actually give them public tax dollars but in rebates there ought to be a bar of community support you have to pass as there is in many other major cities in order to register as a candidate because if we're going to be handing you back public money in campaign donation rebates we ought to be able to know that you are a viable candidate a new survey establishes that canadians still follow hockey more than they follow any other sport, but apparently some other sports, including soccer and basketball and baseball, are making some gains. Pavan, any thoughts on this? Well, it's a beautiful sport, hockey is. Um, I still can't get used to the fact that, uh, you know, the, the playoffs have now occurred, you know, practically in summer, and I think that's why our Canadian teams can't seem to win. Uh, we're built to play during the winter, but I think, I think uh, you know, it's the reality. We've all watched it, and I and I think it's it's not a bad thing, especially when you consider the incredible expense of, of, of playing hockey. I played on a pond growing up, you know, with, with the local farmer's kids. It was great. Uh, but today it's an extremely expensive sport. So I, I'm not surprised by the numbers. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a lot cheaper to grab a ball and just shoot through a hoop than uh, than some of the than hockey, obviously. So it's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, Amanda Galbraith, I have to say my favorite sport is always whichever is on the four screens at Union Social Eatery on St. Clair. <laughs> my favorite sport is f1 which isn't even in this list and i actually would i bet it's it's probably growing but maybe not akin to hockey i'm not a big hockey fan um i actually hope and pray that my son bruno um never decides to play hockey because the idea of being at those arenas at 6 a.m and 11 o'clock at night just fills me with sadness um but uh <laughs> <laughs> so i don't i don't want to kid i don't want to you can go with your dad um, so like the soccer thing, I think makes a lot of sense because to, to Pavin's point, um, you know, I think the sports need to be a bit more accessible and frankly, hockey is not that accessible for a lot of people, especially a lot of new Canadians. So, um, I bet you this continues to evolve over the next decade. Yeah, all right. Shelly Carroll, your yeah. thoughts? It's all about the basketball, okay. all about the basketball. And I'll tell you why <laughs> Pavin's explained it. Um, it's the expense and, and the challenge and, and, you know, the least can't help it. Uh, the, the cost of heating and cooling for an arena or even a gym for basketball is, is going through the roof. And so us parents and grandparents have to pay for our kids to be engaged in sports, but you know, where is the most engagement going on in sports right now? Where are we starting to see education and prep school programs, uh, burgeon all over the place and across the country is basketball. And it's mostly because it's slightly more affordable than some of those other sports. And so you can get really deep into it and still be able to afford it. And and likewise soccer. And I think that's why you see those two coming up. Because you don't you don't really have a sport unless you are able at an early age to start developing the talent. And those are the two sports where we can eke out affordability of developing the talent. 
Yeah, okay. And still, nobody mentioned lacrosse in all of this, and I don't see dodgeball <laughs> on the list either. Oh, uh, those were the listen, there's only 60 seconds on the clock, but uh, should we stop obsessing with the idea that adult kids have to move out of their parents' home and move on? Uh, Amanda Galbraith, increasingly, apparently, people in their 30s are living with their parents without shame. Yeah, I mean, I got out the door at like age 18, 19, and really didn't look back too much. So I cannot imagine at 30. I don't think my parents and I would speak to each other if we still live together. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a cost of living issue. But, uh, you know, I heard you talking, John, about your mom charging you rent. Um, yeah. That sounds like a good solution for a lot of people. And impressive that she charged you interest. She sounds like quite the lady. Yeah, well, <laughs> she was very economically motivated. But I guess she got an economist for her son. Thank you all. Uh, Shelly Carroll, Pavan Brach, and Amanda Galbraith. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.